On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, Jalen McDaniels makes his Sixers debut over the weekend. What type of role will he play? He might have answered that a little bit in Saturday's game against the Nets. We'll talk about his role next right here on Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. Welcome. You are locked on 76ers. I'm Devon Givens from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia alongside my co-host from the Enquirer.com, Sixers beat writer Keith Pompey. Keith, what's happening, man? What's popping, D? How you been, bro? Uh, man, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, solid weekend uh, overall. Pretty good, man. Enjoyable weekend. How about you? It was good. It was good. I mean, it was, you know, it was it was, it was great. You know, right. um, you know, I had the two games and then just relax. Of course, everybody was their football frenzy. But um, it was it was a good one. Good one. You know, Absolutely. Good, well, good work tonight. <laughs> good to be back, man. As we start a new week and we thank everybody for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including right here at YouTube on Locked On 76ers. Keith, of course, we're going to start with Jalen McDaniels, his role with the basketball team, what he did this weekend against the Brooklyn Nets. But we'll also later on recap the weekend against the Knicks and the Nets, two games in which we said, Keith, on Friday, they needed to win. They just simply needed to win. And uh, that they did. So we'll, we'll tap into how important the weekend was, what they got done, and see how uh, this could, of course, play out, especially with the two games remaining here on the schedule before the All-Star break tonight with Houston, Cleveland on Wednesday. And uh, we'll dive into that as the Sixers uh, took care of business 101-98 against the uh, Brooklyn Nets got lucky too at the end, but we'll talk about that uh, in a second. But first, Keith, let's talk about Jalen McDaniels. He played 16 minutes last night, Keith. Uh, pardon me, on Saturday night, Keith. Uh, two for four from the floor, made his only three-point attempt, four rebounds, five points, one assist in 16 minutes. And I wanted to ask you about this as he is now part of the bench unit coming off with Tyrese Maxey at 12, Shake Milton six, George Niang five, Paul Reed two. Uh, what you you foresee going on here, going forward here, uh, of what his role will be for this uh, basketball team? You could see his activity right away. You you could see how involved he is. Didn't need play calls, and I know Matisse Thibault didn't have play calls either. But you could see the difference in uh, that type of player who will you know do some offensive things and and do what else needs to be done to put the ball into the basket. Um, even in 16 minutes, no play calls, all that first game w with his new team, you could see the difference. Yeah, but uh, I think the thing about the no play calls, how many people on that team get plays called for him? I think. No, I'm just talking about the fact that he's yeah. new. Yeah. Oh, all right. I'm, I'm just, yeah. Because I know, because, because, you know, the reason why I'm saying that is because that was like the theme this weekend. That's all everybody kept saying. No play calls. I'm like, dog, only like one dude gave a play call for him or maybe two. Right. You know what I mean? So so, um, you know, like he is a, a role player. I mean, based off of yesterday's performance, 
I mean, he supplanted Daniel House again in, in a rotation. I mean, you look at Montrez Harrell, Daniel House, and Furkan Korkmaz. They were three guys who didn't play. You know, he was the the, the seventh man. I mean, it was Tyrese Maxey him. But I, but I do think it's still fluid for us to figure out what he's going to do. Like, on paper, everything sounds great. And he did have a good game. But it's also one of those things where we're going to have to, you know, wait and see. The, the one thing that um, impressed me, uh, it was, was actually his first rebound. Like, um, you were in the arena. You saw it. Like, it's funny. Him and Paul Reed are in the game. They're both going for the ball. And it just looked at his length. And they both jumped. <laughs> but his arms, I mean, like, their heads were, like, the same level. But his arms just, like, like went over Paul's and got the ball. And he comes down with it. And you're like, wow, look at that length. So that was impressive to me. You know, there was one thing with the three-point shot that he made. It was like he came off of a um, – like he ran down a baseline, came off of like a screen, so to speak, yeah, and ran down sure. a baseline mm-hmm. and was wide open. And he buried that three. And I saw that touch. And Didn't you know, hesitate. That, that impressed me. Yeah, that impressed me. But, I, but, I, but in regards to – you know, I don't want to put too much pressure on him. Because you know what, this was a good. Ga- it was a good game, a good showing. But uh, you know, there's going to be some other games where you know we'll, we'll we'll see what he can do and things like that. But for for initial showing, he was kind of impressive. He he showed me what he's going to do. And the thing is, right now, I think a lot of it's going to have to do with they're going. I hate to say it, but they're going to have to force feed him into certain situations. Like he's going to have to play in order for you to figure out a role for him, at least in the playoffs. Well, look, he's got the whole second half of the season, 20-plus games here for the regular season to uh, figure it all out. And as we just talked about, uh, he he just seems like a type of player, after playing 50 games already with Charlotte and coming into this situation with Philadelphia, that he will just step right in. And as you said, he's a role player, so he's going to play a role. And with that role, I'm sure he already knows what it is and, Speaking of, again, not having any plays called for him, I guess I'll reframe it, Keith, and say more of not knowing the plays and just going out there freelancing and doing what he's supposed to do, just the generic stuff that they go run to the corner, uh, crash the boards. Uh, but fundamentals of basketball when you're out there on the floor, when you, especially in a case like this, when you're just trying to figure out a way with a new team and your first live action with this group. So to see 16 minutes jumping in front of, as you talked about Daniel House, who did play on Friday because Jalen McDaniels, while available uh, versus the Knicks, did not get any time. It made sure that they put him out there. And right away, seeing Daniel House all season for the games that he had played, not to say that McDaniels is better. You could just see again where his game fits and is more suited to what they do and what they may be asking of that wing player, 6'9". And when you talk about snatching the board, Keith, too, he's going to turn and go up the floor. He's going to run. Now, of course, he'll look for his guard to outlet to get the ball in transition, to get all that stuff started. But he, he's also one that can, again, turn, hopefully make the right decisions when he's pushing the break up the floor, uh, on the wing, whatever it might be, helping this team out. And defensively, that's just going to be one, again, while he's not Matisse Thibel. I'm not saying he's a two-time All-NBA defender. I am just simply pointing out that he can play defense. His length will be a, a, a problem for some players. And he's not going to have great games all the time. But as I said, when the trade went down on Thursday, when we talked about it on Friday, I was in favor of the move. I like the player. So it's going to be very 
very interesting to see how this goes forward with him in Doc Rivers' rotation. And with two more games to play, one against Houston and Cleveland, then he's going to have to break. So he's going to have time to obviously go back to Charlotte, get some things, and then come back to Philadelphia, but also have that practice time once they get back together the uh, following week to uh, really, really figure out uh, where uh, what he needs to do and understanding the the plays and all that stuff that will be ran for his teammates. So uh, I, I like the show. I like but the day. I say, I'm going to say this, though, about him. It's, it's good, but the, the true test is going to come when they play some big-time games. Sure. Because – well, Cleveland you know, is in, a big-time game. The, huh? Cleveland because, is a big game. Huh? Cleveland is a big game on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, but but Cleveland's a big game. But I'm talking about when they get. I'm talking about next month when they get into a bunch of them on the road. Because the thing is, you know, yesterday was good and he, he great showing. Not hating nothing, but but I want to see what is he going to do night in night out when they really count and when they really matter. Because the level of expectation just rose for this guy. You know what I mean? And it's like he was a good he was a good fit for what they wanted. But also he was also a good fit because of less salary. You know what I mean? You know, a lot of different things that they could do. Um, but I just want to see what he that That's why I'm holding out. Now, again, he played great, but I'm holding out stuff. We're only talking about what he did so far and what we expect of him. So we only have one thing to go off of. Yeah, but what, what I'm saying is what I'm saying is. I ain't ready to give a parade yet. Great dude. I just wanted want to see what he's going to do when he does it because the expectations just have, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're higher now. That's all. What do you, what do you I'm, mean, I'm, me what personally. What do you mean by a parade? We're not a No, I'm young. saying me personally. Yeah, I'm not me asking personally, you to. I'm asking, I'm asking you to talk about who happening. he is. Huh? I'm, I'm not asking you to give him a parade. I'm just asking you to talk about who he is. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. No parades. Yeah. <laughs> no need for for a parade. He's a, he's a backup player, but one that we we saw for the first time, and uh, he he played all right in that role. Let's let's go to the break. Let's come back. We'll get into what they did this weekend, both against the Knicks and the Nets. Nets snapping a two game losing streak and beginning a two game winning streak. We'll do that next right here, locked on 76ers. And as we talk about that, we talk about LinkedIn. And as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you qualify and uh, quickly attract qualified candidates to your, your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond Resume dating by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your posts in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn jobs makes it easier. The screen and rate of applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform is why Small business rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on MBA. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. 
Thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Keith, 2-0 weekend, Friday and Saturday, back-to-back against two division opponents, the New York Knicks on Friday. Sixers had to come back in that one also. And then the Brooklyn Nets on Saturday night, uh, another comeback victory over those two teams. Uh, how did you look at these two games? What did they do well? What didn't they do well uh, in these two? And right now, just really quickly, as we uh, look at where they are right now, um, based on what they've done, they're sitting here with a record right now, Keith, of 36 and 19 uh, on the season. And they took care of their business. They're a game up on Cleveland, and they are uh, a, a game and a half. Uh, back, pardon me, two games and a half back of the Milwaukee Bucks, who have won 10 in a row, 10 in a row, Keith. Milwaukee's on fire. So how, how did you make out of what they did this weekend? You know, I felt like it was a good weekend overall. Like, you know, you got certain people who will look at the first game and saw how, um, you know, Jalen Brunson was, like, getting in the first quarter. He was phenomenal with the Knicks, right, points. the point guard. He had, uh, yeah, he had uh, 20, 20 points in the first quarter. Um, like he was phenomenal, but it just seems like in that in that fourth quarter they they stepped up the D. They went to the zone, and and Maxi had did a phenomenal job on him. It was like a matchup zone. They did he had like a phenomenal job on him. Um, I, I think in the in the against the Brooklyn Nets, I think the Brooklyn Nets kind of outplayed them, but they came up down the clutch, down in the stretch. They outplayed the Nets when they had to. They were able to make key shots. Brooklyn wasn't. Um, so when I look at that, I, I look at how they finished both games. And if I'm Doc Rivers, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm I'm happy because these were two games that they probably would have lost earlier in the season, and they definitely would have lost them in seasons past. But guys just stepped up. And, um, you know, so I look at it like, hey, you know what? It, it's, it's better than a loss. Um, Joel got off. I, I felt like yesterday's game, and you were in the building. I felt like even though James said it was just another game, he looked a little bit out of character. His recent character, he was too busy trying to like take people off the dribble and score and this and that. And and I just felt like he was a little out of character. But the fact that what they did in those fourth quarters and how guys stepped up um, against two quality teams, like. Everybody thought this Brooklyn Net team was just going to be like tankers are us. They don't have superstars, but they have a lot of very good young players. I mean, this is going to be a good team. So I feel like it was it was two quality wins. I'm if I'm Doc Rivers, I'm pleased with these victories. The thing that stood out to me, you I'm not giving them a parade though. (laughs) (laughs) The thing you shouldn't. Uh, The thing that stood out for me. Um, was uh, the fourth quarters, and you alluded to it, the two fourth quarters and how they came back. Now, look, putting themselves in the hole that they were in already, you just you can't keep doing that and expecting yourself to come back against two playoff caliber teams with the Knicks, and we'll see how Brooklyn turns out to be. But right, as of right now, they're still a playoff team, whether it's a play-in tournament or in the top six in general. But um, you can't keep digging yourself a hole. They were able to fight through it. They were able to come back. Keith, we know they're all tired. All these teams are tired. So it's not an excuse just for the Sixers before we get to the All-Star break. Everyone's fatigued from all the basketball that they have played. So you got to fight through that stuff. And in the fourth quarter, 
I do think that they did a good job, Tyrese Maxey in, in particular, on Friday. And then you saw your stars come through in a big way on, on Saturday night in Brooklyn uh, to come back and beat the Brooklyn Nets by three. Uh, they got lucky too, Keith, with that three-point shot by Spencer Dinwiddie yeah, with the nine-tenths of a second. I thought we would – first of all, I miss, I, I, I misread the score. Even though I knew they were up three after the free throws, I mistakenly thought they were up two. And I was like, Brooklyn just beat them on that three-pointer from like 38 feet out. What, what just happened? Uh, but his fingertips, number one, they were on. They were up three, and uh, the ball was still in his fingertips as time expired. Great shot, great look. They did what they were supposed to do defensively by closing out, but not fouling. And that was obviously important. They dodged one right there. That was yeah, all they, that. <laughs> they did. They did. And I, and I know we're going to talk about some other stuff. But something else I want to I want to bring up, man. I mean, so after they made those trades, and if you would have told me Ben Simmons would be coming off the bench, I would have been like, dude, stop lying. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, I thought he was going to be – the guy he yeah. was going to be in the forefront and everybody else was going to be behind him you know what i mean like that's yeah. what i thought and he was what the ninth man you know what i mean like yo it's it was, so it, was, it, was it was one of those things where you say to yourself like dang man you might have been better off staying here something he said earlier in the week after uh i think it was after the Kyrie Irving trade but before the kevin durant trade someone interviewed him after the game and, and he said Keith that he's not going to be himself right away it's going to take some time now I'm sure he's talking about the back injury and now the knee injury that he's also been missing games because of I don't know enough we haven't been there to see him all season like you would have been around him all this year for the Sixers it seems like that's the common thing that he keeps on saying is an excuse or is it something that's true? And the problem is he hasn't given himself enough leeway for people to just accept what he is saying as the truth. And I think that's part of the problem with, with Ben Simmons, because all these things like when he at the end of the Atlanta series, I am who I am. It is what it is. Right. Uh, then not reporting the next season. Then he goes to Brooklyn, never plays. Then he plays this season. He's doing the stuff that we anticipated, which was, but we didn't think it would be this bad. We thought he would do the dribble handoffs and not take clutch shots in, in, in the guts of the game. Keith, he's not even playing in the fourth quarter, as you just talked about that. No. This is the second consecutive game we've seen him against the Sixers where he isn't even playing in the fourth quarter. Out the six-minute mark, yeah. But see, yeah. It, I will say this, though, from looking at it far, he's not the same. Like you could tell that back problem is is and he, he give him credit for not really bringing it up or, or being getting specific, but you know the thing was he couldn't shoot he could never shoot, but he was always going a hundred miles an hour. Shoot. I would say he never shoots. Well, he, he never shot the right. ball. Yeah, he refused to shoot. Right. Um, but he was going a hundred miles an hour, and and he was like that big, that fast. It was kind of like tough to stop. Now he tries to do a little. I don't know if you saw at one point he tried to like speed it up a little bit once and then he stopped. It just looks like the back maybe still bothering him more so than he's alluding. Uh, he wants people to know, or he maybe he's alluding to it so people figure it out. But it, he just doesn't look like the same. He that explosiveness that he had 
isn't there. He looks like James Harden when James Harden came back last year with the Sixers. And what I mean by that is the first couple of games after James Harden took like three weeks off, he was great. You know, he was everybody's like, oh, wow, he, he was faking in, in Brooklyn. And then after they start getting in, like, playing a bunch of games, he didn't have any explosiveness. And that's what Ben looks like. I'm not saying he lacks explosiveness, but his body just, I don't know, he looks really, really stiff, really stiff. Yeah, he, he's not himself. But, I mean, you know, whatever it is, he, he's not he's, he's not himself. And whether it's the injuries or whether it's something else that's going on with him, he is definitely not the Ben Simmons that we saw make three all-star teams here in Philadelphia. All right, Keith, we'll come back on the other side. We'll get to our final one. We'll talk about a little rematch with the Houston Rockets uh, that will play t- take place tonight uh, for the second game of the two-game series this season. A little revenge against Houston, Keith, coming up tonight. We'll talk about it next right here, Locked On 76ers. Before we talk about the revenge game, right, let's talk about FanDuel. Right? The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now it's the perfect time to download FanDuel. America's number one sports book because two because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars. That's bonus bets back if you're the first bet doesn't win. And just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three strains. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com backslash locked on. That's FanDuel.com backslash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Welcome back to Locked On 76ers. That's Keith Pompey. I'm Devon Givens. Keith, I just looked at the schedule. Uh, five games left in the month. Two this week before the All-Star break. Three after the break uh, in the month of February. Boy. Boy. Cleveland after we got Houston here. Then you have... Memphis coming back from the All-Star break on a Thursday night, national TV. Saturday the 25th, Boston, national TV, Saturday night. Monday, starting a home-and-home with the Miami Heat, Friday, uh, Monday the 27th, and then Wednesday, March 1st, at Miami, which begins a six, uh, five-game, pardon me, road trip for the 76ers, so... This is where we'll learn a lot about this basketball team to start March. But that's later on for us. But I just wanted to run that off because we knew it was brutal. It's really brutal uh, for this team. But the And that's what I meant about your boy. I wasn't like hating, but I was just saying, this is when we're going to see. You know what I mean? This is when we're going to see. And if he does, all power to him. Well, it's not even him. It's them. When he well, hey, to- you know, yeah, it's Melton too. Melton's been struggling, dude. All of them. So, do do you think they should make the change and go, go back to having Tyree starting again? I mean, the problem is, yeah. Let me think about that one. That's something we can talk about tomorrow. Because see, here's the thing. Because after this game, see how the Anthony yeah, plays after that? this game. Because see, here's the deal. The deal is 
at least Melton, he's the better defender. Yeah. He's just struggling right now, right? So if you put, I mean, you know, if you Maybe put Tyrese back in there, huh? Maybe you wait for the all-star break. Give him some time. Yeah, yeah, see how he responds yeah. when he comes back. But we could talk about that, like you said. We could talk about but that. But if he ain't doing anything, if he's not doing anything, you might as well. But at the same time, I think he will. I just think he's in a rut. All right, man. 13 and 43, the Houston Rockets, Keith are. Uh, they've lost their last five. They've won three of their last 10 or lost seven of their last 10. Traded Eric Gordon at the trade deadline, Keith. A little revenge. They took care of the Sixers in overtime on December 5th. That was the first game, if you remember back, uh, when James Harden came back from his uh, foot injury, missing that month of 14 games. Uh, Houston Rockets got the Sixers in overtime. Was it overtime or double overtime? I think it was, I want to say double overtime, but uh, they got the Sixers nevertheless. And uh, they, um, Sixers have them tonight. There's no reason for them not to beat this basketball team, bottom line. There's no reason for them not to beat the brakes off this basketball team. It's like, nah, I'm just joking. Yeah, I just what you want to say, say they should nah, not I just want to say team. that. I had to. Nah, here's the deal, man. Like, the, the thing is, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, like, they do have some young guards who are going to attack and it's going to make some things hard for guys, right? Just because they're going to push tempo. Um, they, they're gritty. They, they, they want to keep coming at them. And so some guys are going to have some success in this game against the Sixers. But you're right. When you look at it and you see Joel Embiid, there's nobody out there that should, should be able to come close to stopping him. So you expect Joel to have his game. I honestly think the reason why, the only reason why they lost the last game was I felt like James was basically, and, and I get it, it was his first game back. He was mm. back in Houston. And I felt like he was being more of a trying to score, be a scoring guard than a facilitating guard. And I felt like there was opportunities that he could have found wide open teammates and he just didn't do it. So I feel like if the Sixers go out there and, and they take advantage of the mismatch that Joel Embiid is going to have. And if James becomes that facilitator that we've seen him be since that particular game, then I feel like they should win. I mean, they 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 should. And like, it's also one of those things where you got to get out on them early. You, I mean, get a nice lead, but don't take your foot off the gas. Keep keep like, you know, keep going at it. You have to. They got to play hard, um, knowing that this team is young and they're going to come back. But I feel like you got to let some doubt creep in against this team because if not, they're going to be like, hey, remember we beat them a couple um, like a month ago. You know, in double overtime. So to me, Embiid and Harden, they those two are the keys to victory. Jump on this team, go out there and beat them. There's, there's no reason for them to uh, mess around with these guys. You said they have some young scoring wings that like to get after from Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., Josh uh, Christopher. They have some people there that can really get up and down the floor. Just go out there and don't mess around with this team, bottom line. They're trying to get a high draft pick. They're the worst team in the league now record-wise. 
They have no interest in winning. These kids are going to go out there and play, but you're better. Just go out there and beat this team, period. You can't drop games like this. And uh, so I think they'll take care of business tonight. So that's that's how I think it plays out. You know, end this thing on a good note. And then you have uh, Cleveland with, with the new start time, Keith. They pushed it back a half hour on Wednesday because of who the Sixers are and who the Cleveland Cavaliers are. Only one game separates the two. So Sixers and uh, Cavaliers on Wednesday uh, it's going to be a big game, and that has been now flexed from 7 to 7.30 uh, on Wednesday night. All right, that'll do it for us here. Uh, tomorrow we'll check in with you, and we will talk about DeAnthony Melton and his struggles. What should uh, what should we make of those, and what should his role be with this team uh, going forward with 20-plus games remaining on the season? Thanks for making Locked On 76 as your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on NBA, locked on experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Keith, you mind letting the good folks know where they can find that? Like D just says, it's free and available wherever you get your podcast. But tonight you can listen to my man D, free and available from 6 to midnight on 97.5 FM. So you guys know it's going to be, you know, they're not going to have him on air for all that time, but he's going to do his pregame show. Well, he's going to do his show, and then it gets into the other stuff, and then all of a sudden he's going to do the post-game show. So you'll get a lot of, of D. And then also what you need to do is you need to follow him on Twitter at DivineG975. You can follow me on Twitter at Pompey on Sixers, and you can read my stuff in the Philadelphia Inquirer. All right. Well, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Enjoy the game tonight, and we'll talk afterwards, man, see if the Sixers can take care of business against this Rockets team. Thanks, you. Thanks man. Appreciate it. Appreciate you, bro. Have a good one. You too.